You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2021 NFL Draft is a wrap. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Make sure you're following along on Twitter. If you aren't following at Pods, you're missing out on an incredible amount of NFL content. We crushed it over the entire NFL draft. Go see all the videos, reactions to the picks. Also, you can follow me. That's more of a pity follow at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. This episode of Locked On NFL, we're going to recap the draft. Which teams got significantly better over the three-day extravaganza. Let's do this. Let's tap into a few of the hosts of the teams receiving high grades. Like Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns. He's going to tell us if the draft, coupled with free agency, put the 11-win Cleveland Browns in a position to win its first division title since 1989. Good Lord. That's a long time. Mike DeBate of Lockdown Patriots. It hasn't been that long since they won the division in New England. One season actually might be too long for Patriots fans. But what's the ETA for McCorkle, Mac Jones, and taking over the starting reins at the quarterback spot in New England? David Drogemeyer from Locked on Chargers is going to tell us why the Bolts are receiving so much praise for their class and have they narrowed the gap between Kansas City and themselves. And finally, our guy from Locked on Bears, Lauren Cox, on whether or not Justin Fields could be the next Rookie quarterback to take his team to the playoffs. He'd be the first one since Lamar Jackson did it in 2018 with the Baltimore Ravens. But which team had the best draft? We want to know. I'll, of course, tell you mine. But let us know at Locked On NFL Pods on Twitter. We've got the tweet out there asking you which team had the best 2021 NFL draft class. So here's mine. I thought Denver crushed it. There's a caveat. But George Payton had a Mike Trout performance in his first draft at the helm of the Broncos. Maybe maybe I should use a Rockies reference since it's Colorado. George Payton had a Larry Walker-esque performance hitting on most of his picks in the 2021 NFL draft. Getting a surefire corner with their first round pick and Patrick Sertan Jr. And he's just warming up there. I mean, that's batting practice since Carolina took J.C. Horn first off the board instead at the corner position. But Peyton, he then takes North Carolina running back Javante Williams and then everybody's favorite belly-exposing small school offensive lineman, darling of the Senior Bowl, Quinn Miners from Wisconsin-Whitewater. Ohio State linebacker Baron Browning, Texas safety Caden Stearns to already add to a pretty impressive group of safeties, including Justin Simmons. I just thought, you know, it was a solid draft with this caveat. The team continues to improve and just put pieces all over the roster, but still lacks the quarterback to actually make some noise in the AFC West and the NFL. So we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. There was some draft day buzz thanks to Stink, Mark Schlereth, saying that the Broncos and Aaron Rodgers was going to happen. He's since kind of backpedaled on that, that statement he made on radio on Thursday. Now the Vikings, I thought, did a great job addressing needs. They went... First, with Virginia Tech tackle Christian Derisaw, Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond. I thought that was a pretty savvy pick. 
Chaz Surratt, North Carolina linebacker, and then guard Wyatt Davis. I mean, there was uh, during free agency, Vikings fans were up in arms because the team wouldn't address the guard or the offensive line at all. And now you see that they wanted to kind of do it through draft, and I thought that uh, Rick Spielman did a pretty good job of that. As far as the worst draft, Houston. Just not a ton of picks for Nick Casario. He goes with the quarterback with their first selection in the third round. It's Stanford signal caller Davis Mills. Not really impressed with Mills. I, you know, I don't think that you know this is going to be the next coming of Andrew Luck out of Stanford. It's going to be probably more like Kevin Hogan than Andrew Luck and John Elway coming out of Stanford. They brought in Terod Taylor with the holy crap if Deshaun Watson can't return. But if, if Watson does return, look out for tight end Brevin Jordan. I thought that was a good move, plucking him out of Miami in the draft. And then Seattle, how can you get much better with three total picks? You just can't. And then there's Vegas. I, I don't know what's going on with former fantastic draft analyst Mike Mayock. John Gruden, of course, you know, he's a wealth of football knowledge. But as far as how they approach the draft, it's it's pretty head-scratching. They took 75 safeties, basically. Now, I mean, they took three. You know, was May- was Mayock and Gruden, was their draft stuck on auto-draft? Here we go. Here, here's another safety. Looks like you need a safety. Oh, no, you don't? Well, here's one just in case. The move certainly puts Jonathan Abram on notice that if he doesn't shape up and start performing, former first-round pick, that, you know, they've got 97 other safeties behind him on the depth chart that they can go to, including second-rounder Trevor Morrig out of TCU ball-hawking safety. Should be a good player. But I thought the Raiders draft was a pretty big head-scratcher. Yeah, speaking of those highly graded draft classes, the Bears made arguably the biggest splash of the first round by trading up and nabbing Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields 11th overall from Locked On Bears. Lauren Cox saddles up on the Locked On NFL podcast. Lauren, Chicago also grabbed Oklahoma State tackle Tevin Jenkins to end his slide in the second round. Were those pair of picks of Fields and Jenkins enough to deem this a successful draft for Ryan Pace and the Bears? Yeah, as much as you can grade a, grade a draft two days after the draft is done, I think it's it's about as successful as Bears fans could have hoped. It, it's We had been conditioned, I think, over time to expect, I don't say expect the worst, but expect uh, less than perhaps what we were looking for. But to give the splash to get the quarterback that didn't think was really going to be in the Bears' range and then still get the offensive tackle that they thought they were probably going to maybe get at 20, would have been happy with him there, but to have to get him in the second round and trade up for it. Two day, well, two long-term starters. Justin Fields won't be a day-one starter, but two eventually really important starters and then some late-round picks to add on top of it to sprinkle in around the offense. It, it was a nice weekend for Bears fans for sure. Now, I want to get to what you just said about Justin Fields not being the day-one starter, but first, you know, is there more excitement, in your opinion, around the Fields pick at 11 than there really was about Mitchell Trubisky at 2? But he only had the 13 starts under his belt. We've seen a lot of Justin Fields to build on his, uh, I guess, hype coming into the sh- into the Windy City. I wouldn't say there's more excitement around Justin Fields because I think when the Bears drafted Trubisky 2, Bears fans were so desperate to have a top three pick at quarterback that it everyone was all in on. Even, you know, some people wanted Deshaun Watson. I, I was a little bit more on the Watson train. Certainly wasn't ready to touch Patrick Mahomes with a 10-foot pole at that time. But the excitement was there. But there's something that feels a little bit different about Fields in terms of getting the quarterback now that it feels like a lot of other people wanted. A lot of their fan bases were all wondering, like, why isn't my team going and getting that quarterback? Why did my team pass on that quarterback? Like, this was kind of the the gem that everybody was looking at and watching him fall. And somehow the Bears were the team that actually got 
the player that everyone wanted. And it's a, a rare Bears quarterback decision that the national media and the general consensus is like, good job bears. And we're kind of looking around like, wow, okay, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Like, this is a new experience. And so like, there's something that just feels a little bit more special about this. Like, like, like the bears got something here that they weren't supposed to get. Whereas with Mitch Trubisky, you know, they were picking at the top of the draft and they, it was their choice of any of the quarterbacks. And it was kind of like, well, you know, they took Trubisky and we'll see how that goes. Whereas fields, there's this, this confidence level of like, okay, this, this feels like there's something a little bit more special here and certainly a higher floor than what Mitch came in with. Let me, let me tell you, you and Bears fans, you guys deserve nice things. You do know that, right? Like all this, it's not your fault. I'm Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting right now. It's not your fault. All those those trying years, especially trying to find the quarterback position. So let me get to the question you kind of brought up earlier. Justin Fields, why not start him day one? The temptation is there, right? But everything the Bears have said is still Andy Dalton is QB1, and they want to bring him along. They want to bring Justin Fields along as slowly as possible. And I think by week one, Justin Fields might be the better I mean, already the better quarterback right away. But you know, he is a guy, if you, if you want to poke flaws in his games, he's not a one-read quarterback, but he is sometimes slow going through the progression. He can read the defense and he knows what he's looking at. He just, he holds on to that first one because he wants the play to be there. And then maybe he holds on to the second one a little bit because he wants the play to be there. And sometimes he can hold the ball on it. If you can sit down and give him just a little bit of extra time to really know the offense and really know, you know, work through the mental reps of going through those progressions and knowing, okay, when, when you need to stay on that route and try and make a play and when you need to move on and just give him a little bit more time. Cause you know, he sat that first year at Georgia, he got a little bit of action and then came on really strong at Ohio state. And now give him a little bit more time to sit a little bit more time to kind of get adjusted to this NFL offense. And I think you don't sit him all season necessarily. I don't think Andy Dalton can play that well for a full 16 games, but they want to give him the Patrick Mahomes treatment that Matt Nagy did in Kansas city. What are the expectations now with him on the roster, at least eight and eight last year, they snuck into the postseason. Where do they go from here? Yeah. Eight wins. Isn't going to be enough for a 500 record anymore with the 17 game <laughs> schedule. So yeah, it dep- it all depends on how many games they give him, right? I mean, like with Mitch, it was the same plan was, you know, leave Mitch on the bench and let Mike Glennon start that season. And they got four weeks before they had to pull the plug on that one because it just it just hit the rail, hit, hit, went off the rails so quickly. So right. I don't know that expectations go drastically higher. I mean, I think it moves the needle a little bit, but I think this is, I mean, this is a 2022 and beyond mm. type play. And if we can get some excitement out of this year, I don't think Bears fans are going to be di- as disappointed if they miss the playoffs this season compared to the last couple of seasons where they were all in on Mitch and all in on winning. Then now it feels like we can play the long game a little bit and just get me some excitement from Justin Fields and I'll be happy. A lot of late round picks. Last question. I mean, fifth couple, trio of six round picks and a seventh round pick after their deal to move up in the draft. Any other potential impact makers in the rest of the draft? They like the some of the guys they got down there. I mean, they added another offensive lineman after Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, who he's probably a little bit too raw to throw in there in the starting lineup right away. But, you know, there's it could compete at right tackle if Tevin Jenkins gets a shot at left tackle. Potentially, the Bears fans that are going through all the different offensive line combinations and how they can find fitting all these rookies in there. But, you know, they got a couple of a receiver and a running back that can both contribute on special teams. They, they lost Cordero Patterson in free agency. They need a kick returner. They got a couple of big speed guys there that can be those depth players for the long term. But fifth and sixth round picks, we're, we're not keeping our fingers too crossed at any kind of drastic year one production. I think that's a pretty rational approach. Uh, it's the, their offensive line. I'll just say this as we part ways here. It's the weirdest uh, 
concoction of offensive linemen that's not the worst in the NFL. I, they they seem to be okay, and now you add a, a stud, a blue chipper, and Tevin Jenkins. It's it's pretty intriguing. They want to be meaner and more aggressive and angry. They were too soft is kind of the feeling on the offensive line last year, so they got some big nasties up front now. Can't wait to see it. Great insight from Lauren Cox. Make sure you're listening to him on a daily basis. Locked on Bears. Lauren, thanks for your time. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me. Listen up, NFL fans. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenics Total Tea is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel strong with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. The NFL Draft is in the rearview mirror. We've already got odds on who could be the defensive and offensive rookie of the year. Here's your odds. Trevor Lawrence, 13-4. Justin Fields, 11-2. And Trey Lance, 11-2. A trio of quarterbacks as your favorites. Your defensive rookie of the year. It's interesting. Micah Parsons from the Cowboys, 4-1. Jalen Phillips, 7-1. Check out a full list of odds on BetOnline at BetOnline.ag. Of course, we had the Kentucky Derby over the weekend, the first leg of the Triple Crown. That means we have two more to go. Bob Baffert's horse took home the Kentucky Derby. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, coming down in the stretch until the playoffs, NHL, UFC, MMA action before the next pitch. Head over to BetOnline on your laptop, mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news and sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as your team preps for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or your cell phone, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON on your first deposit. 100 bucks gets you 50 bucks. 10 bucks gets you five. It's that simple. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code locked on. Another draft class that's getting uh, some high grades. It's the New England Patriots. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock. I'm joined by Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots. Mike, thanks for joining the program. Bo, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today on Locked On NFL. So it was Thursday night. Michael McCorkle Jones, it looked like he was competing in the Olympic speed walking event, making his way to Roger Goodell. But Mac Jones, the quarterback of the future for the Patriots. Mike, when are we going to actually see Mac Jones under center in the shotgun for Bill Belichick and the Pats? Well, ideally, I think what the Patriots would love is for Cam Newton to have a solid season in 2021, have uh, Mac learn under Cam for a year, and then take the reins in 2022. I think that's the ideal situation for both sides right now. But you and I both know that the NFL is a what have you done for me lately business. And if Mac can prove that he's capable of leading this team, if Cam starts to sputter at all, then the Patriots definitely spent number 15 
valuably. They did not just throw it up there haphazardly. They know that this kid is the future of the franchise. If Cam struggles at all, would not surprise me to see Mac Jones in there this year. But my gut reaction tells me that they're banking on Cam to have a good season. It'll be good for Mac to be able to learn, sit, get comfortable with the system, and then go at it probably in 2022. But anything and everything can happen. Mike, there was the Mac Jones selection. Belichick getting some high grades for the draft class that he produced after round one. Christian Barmore from Alabama. A lot of people like the running back from Oklahoma. What, what, what was your, I guess, takeaway from this draft class after Mac Jones in round one? Well, I love the addition of Christian Barmore to this defense. Look, bottom line, for an interior defensive lineman, Barmore can play all over the place. He's so good in that 3-4 setting that he played so well at Alabama. That's how the Patriots are going to employ him. And I think he has good leverage. He's definitely strong enough to take on the double teams. These are things that the Patriots have lacked in years past. So I think he can be an immediate asset to this team. Uh, Ronnie Perkins at the defensive end position as well fell a little bit in this draft. And I think a lot of people were surprised by that. But ultimately, I think he can be an impact player along the edge. Uh, Some concerns from the fan base about him setting the edge. But I think he's going to be a little bit better in that regard than some people think. And then, of course, Ramondre Stevenson. I think a lot of people were surprised that that's how Bill Belichick started off day three of the 2021 NFL draft. But bottom line, this kid can hit the holes. He can run. He's very capable of being the type of runner that Bill Belichick loves to employ. He's drawn a lot of comparisons to former Patriot uh, Garrett Blunt. And in that regard, Bo, I think that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, speaking about bottom line, it's been a busy offseason for the New England Patriots. We know about all the noise they made in free agency and now a good draft to follow that up. I would never put Bill Belichick and Jeff Fisher you know, in the same conversation, but it seems like Billy Belichick doesn't want to go effing 7-9 and nine again. Are you pretty confident that this team's going to be back <laughs> in the thick of things as far as the AFC East? Well, I don't think this team's going to go 7-9. and nine. I think they're better than that. I think they're better well-coached. They've got a lot more on both sides of the ball. Bill Belichick has really added an awful lot to this defense. Bottom line, Bo, it's going to be whether or not the offense is able to perform, and they have added some weapons. The two tight end sets that they can run with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, I can't wait to see Josh McDaniels dial up the play-action schemes for this team. And on the wide receiver position, I know fans are a little disappointed that they didn't address the wide receiver position the way they hoped in the draft, they did pick up Trey Nixon, which I think has a chance to be better than most people think. But ultimately, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne are big additions. They'll miss Julian Edelman, but I think Bourne coming in in the slot will help to lessen that loss. Tremendous draft coverage from our Locked On Patriots host, Mike DeBate. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at MDebate. Mike, thanks so much, man. Anytime, Bo. My pleasure. The Los Angeles Chargers' goal was pretty clear in the NFL draft. Protect Justin Herbert. Taking Rashawn Slater in the first round certainly helps. David Dragemeyer joins us from Locked On Chargers. David, are you buying what Tom Telesco selling with his NFL draft class? I absolutely am because after your first two picks, I mean, honestly, I think there's some Charger fans out there that don't even care what happened with the rest of the draft after they hit on their first two picks. Obviously, I'm being facetious here, but when you get one of the consensus top tackles in the NFL draft with your first round pick and don't even have to trade up to get him, he just falls in your lap. It just doesn't get much better better than that. But then it happens again in the second round. They get Asante Samuel Jr., the corner out of Florida State, who is just absolutely incredible. A guy who has an NFL bloodline. I mean, two home run picks 
And then you look out throughout the rest of the draft and you just see depth over depth and then just getting best player available and getting guys that are going to come in and contribute right away. I think just on the surface, you have to be very excited and uh, happy with what Tom Telesco did with his 2021 draft class. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like you probably should send like a gift basket to the NFC East the way things played out as far as the draft dominoes in the first round. You had the Giants trading out. You had the Cowboys and the Eagles kind of flip-flop. It, it, it did fall. The, the board fell perfectly for the Chargers. Yeah, we definitely got to send something to the NFC East, uh, like we were talking before we started. I think I'm going to get a nice assortment of all of their favorite fruits and make go. sure that they get that um, lickety split. You know, right. we want to show our appreciation. But, I mean, for Rashawn Slater to fall to the Chargers at 13, something crazy like this had to happen. I mean, there had to be multiple trades. We knew there had to be several quarterbacks that had to be taken in, you know, the picks before the Chargers for this to happen. And when – the uh, Lions uh, took Panay Sewell. We, we kind of understood that that was going to happen, right? But then as things started to unfold, it just seemed more and more likely that Rashawn Slater was going to be there. And even when he was on the clock, you were just still saying to yourself as a Charger fan, please, Tom, don't mess this up. <laughs> don't mess this up. Because the Chargers have only drafted two offensive linemen in the first round in the last 30 years. The other one was DJ Fluker. And so Rashawn Slater is a home run pick, no matter how you look at it. Like I said, one of the consensus top tackles in this draft class and the Chargers had a huge hole. So it was just the perfect marriage of best player available and the biggest need. David Dragomar of Locked On Chargers here on the Locked On NFL podcast with Bo Brock. And uh, you, you mentioned the other need in the slam dunk hit in the second round with Asante Samuel Jr. He now joins the defensive secondary with Chris Harris Jr., the veteran Derwin James Jr. potentially coming back, but it seemed like that's you have to do that to compete in that AFC West because you know you got to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Not only facing Patrick Mahomes, but all the speedy wide receivers that you're going to have to contend with in the AFC West. I mean, you got Henry Ruggs, you got that beast Tyreek Hill, you got, I mean, a couple of young wide receivers in Denver who, you know, showed some things and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. I mean, guys that have some great talent. Probably didn't showcase their best, you know, stuff last year with the drops. Jerry Judy had to get that under control, and I don't still don't think they figured out the best way to use KJ Hamler. But nonetheless, you can't go into this division and feel comfortable about competing unless you have a very high quality secondary. Asante Samuel Jr. is definitely going to add to that. Do you expect a big jump as far as wins from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one seven and nine? Tough division. Um, Justin Herbert, we saw what we saw in his rookie year, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I mean, you think that this is a team that can find their way into the postseason next season? I mean, it's going to be tough because uh, the, the Chiefs are still in the division, right? So, I mean, the path, obviously the clearest path to the playoffs is winning your division. And, and although the Chargers completely overhauled their offensive line, which was one of the worst units in the NFL last year, I mean, you start there and you have to feel really good about that. But also the Chargers had just an incredible amount of games not go their well, not go their way. Excuse me. It was like they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory multiple, multiple times last year. And you have to think that the football gods are going to even things out a little bit. And also you have to consider that it's a brand new coach, a new a first time head coach with Brandon Staley and a brand new coaching staff. So with better talent and more depth on both sides of the ball, I think you have to feel really good. Health 
considering permitting that the Chargers are going to have a much more successful year in 2021. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Of course, follow David at D-R-O-T-A-L-K-S-D. Of course, his co-host is a three-headed monster there for the Locked On Chargers podcast, Daniel Wade. And of course, you've got uh, John Kegley. David, thank you so much for your time. Excited about what's going on as far as the Chargers are concerned. Always a pleasure, man. Can't wait to do it again. The Cleveland Browns also receiving pretty high grades from their 2021 draft class. The general manager, Andrew Barry, put the team in a position to win the AFC North the first time since 1989. We're going to go to our guy, Jeff Lloyd, from Locked On Browns. There's no question what the tastiest protein bar is. The number one pick, Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's where tasty and healthy, those worlds collide. Go to BuiltBar.com, get yourself a mix box. Figure out which Built Bars you love the most, or if you already know that, just lock in all 18 flavors that you want. Mix it up how you prefer it. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. If you do, go to the website and create a box of your own. Use the promo code LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's by using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Getting high grades for their 2021 class. Cleveland Browns. Lockdown Browns host Jeff Lloyd joins us. Jeff, thanks for joining the podcast, man. Uh, no problem at all. Obviously, a great weekend for everybody. You know, uh, city uh, of Cleveland being, you know, the host city. They came off very well as far as being a host city for the NFL draft. Hey, let me ask you this, your opinion on, on this before we get into the Browns draft class. Do you think that Roger Goodell is kind of enduring himself back to NFL fans outside of the Patriots fans? I think he's starting to show the right sense of humility. I think for Roger, a little humility will go a long way. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Uh, perception of this Browns draft class, Andrew Barry seemed to crush it in his second draft at Brown GM. How do you view this class? imperative that they improved on defense a that they improved their speed uh they certainly needed to improve age get younger they had question marks in the secondary greedy williams greedy williams could be totally healthy his shoulder injury that he's dealing with we're not going to know until he hits somebody so there's no way you can just say oh Greedy Williams will be the starting cornerback opposite Denzel Ward. Greg Newsom, you get a young player, not even 21 years old yet, bring something to the cornerback room in size that they don't have a lot of. Um, still an opportunity for him to put on some good weight. Great tape. Uh, obviously missed a little time with injuries, but not nearly the risk that maybe a Caleb Farley was uh, physical uh, when he needs to be. And I think he really shows you know some ability as far as like basketball ability and being able to box people out for the ball, which is impressive. The Jeremiah Wusu Karamoa pick was just a slam dunk. This is somebody that had been mentioned possibly at 26 for the Cleveland Browns. I think they loved the versatility. Browns fans are already going at it. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Uh, everybody's taking their stances. Then he chooses no, jersey number 28 to even muddy the waters more. So those who have the safety position, maybe it is that. But he's just a player. Uh, he can do whatever you want. And you see this on so many teams now. Isaiah Simmons, obviously, with the Cardinals. Everybody's kind of looking for this joker. You know, what can I do with this guy? And when he's 
he's on the field, nobody's necessarily going to go as assignment. You know, he can blitz, he can cover the run. Uh, you know, he's good in run support. He can play slot coverage if you need him to. He can go down the field in coverage if you need him to. Just a nice piece. And a guy at 52, which is weird, doesn't even need to be expected to start for the Cleveland Browns, which is, you know, pick 52 was normally penciled in. You need to be a Hall of Famer for this franchise for them to have any success. Um, and then you get a player like Anthony Schwartz in the third round. The Browns wide receiving core is it's a good core, but if there's just one thing missing and you look at that entire room, it's where's the threat? Where's the vertical threat? Anthony Schwartz may not be all the way there yet as a receiver, but his presence being on the field is going to cause just as much concern as an Odell Beckham or a Kareem Hunt in the backfield or third downs where Jarvis Landry you know, is so good. There's no answer for 427, and it's got to be addressed, and it's going to be a big advantage for Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield this year. As somebody who covered Isaiah Simmons during his rookie season, I, I'm going to preach to the Browns fan base patience because, I mean, as far as the, these hybrids are concerned, it's just something that these DCs, you're giving them a manual transmission sports car that, and they don't know how to drive stick. So 100%. Patience, patience is key there, but he's, it doesn't mean he's not going to be a great player down the road for the Browns. Let me ask you this, 11 wins in a tough AFC North, third place in that division, but has this offseason put this team in a position to win the AFC North? Uh, well, I, in my opinion, 100%. And look, you look at the way it went last year. Um, you know, look, Pittsburgh did what they did at 10-0, but I think almost everybody going except our good friend Christopher Carter, thought it was maybe the softest 10-0 they had ever seen. Um, yes, the Browns finished third, but if anybody, you know, you go by the you know the playoff game, you know, the cream of the AFC North was the Baltimore Ravens, was the Cleveland Browns. I think for the most part, you know, the Browns maybe had the better part of free agency. Uh, the Browns had a good draft. The Ravens had a really strong draft. Uh, if Owa pans out uh, at that second first round pick uh, as a pass rusher for them, that's just going to be a win-win. I think it's a two-team division going this year. Pittsburgh, in my opinion, done nothing to this point where you say that it's going to be better than it was last year. Najee Harris is a fine running back, uh, but Dan Orlovsky, you know, one of my favorites, um, I don't care how great the running back is. He's not going to cover up for the fact that you don't have an offensive line. And that might be the biggest issue right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be yeah. a battle. I mean, because that Ravens, Browns rivalry is probably the hottest in the AFC North now. I think Baltimore and Cleveland both feel pretty comfortable that they might be, you know, past the Pittsburgh Steelers in the pecking order. Those are going to be some really fun games this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if both of them ended up as primetime affairs. Yeah, as far as the running back position goes, in first-rounders go, our friend Brian Peacock at Peacock and Williamson, he will die on the hill that he says it doesn't add any, as far as winning football games, it really doesn't add anything. Uh, last question for you, Jeff Lloyd, Locked on Browns. With the defense now in place, solid run game, Kevin Stefanski seems like he's the right guy, head coach. What does Baker Mayfield have to do to help this team take the jump to the next level? Baker Mayfield's going to have to take advantage of the fact that, you know, it's going to be more open this year. One of the gripes I had, and it wasn't on Baker Mayfield, it was on the offense itself. It felt so much so often that they were kind of playing almost like an arena league style type of offense. There was very, very few you know, huge chunk plays in the passing game. We're talking 50 yards. We're talking those different makers that offset a quarterback throwing an interception early in a game. How does Patrick Mahomes get over something like that? Oh, I'll just go 75 yards on the next drive to a Tyree kill. The Browns didn't have that ability, and Baker had to be so perfect, and he had to put together, you know, completing, you know, 25 of 29 passes in order for this team, you know, to be able to, you know, win. It's not going to be the case here. If you got a player like Schwartz who can get deep, Odell comes back healthy, and all the, you know, the threats that 
that you now have with anybody you put on the field, it should open up for some big plays. Donovan Peoples-Jones in year two, he's another player that should be able to help in this instance. It's just taking this offense from where they were really, really strong, but maybe limited in what they can do to the passing game, and it totally looks like it's all set up for the evolution to be there to graduate this offense to the next step. Excellent insight as far as the Cleveland Browns go. Our guy Jeff Lloyd, listen to Lockdown Browns wherever you find podcasts. Jeff, thanks, man. Uh, always a pleasure, Bo. All the best. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock, here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Big thanks to Jeff, Lauren, David, and Mike from Locked On Browns, Bears, Chargers, and Patriots. Hopefully they helped you decide which team had the strongest 2021 NFL draft class. I will add, as much as I like the Broncos draft class, I mentioned the Vikings, I also thought that the Chiefs did a good job in finalizing their offseason of revamping their offensive line, they took the Oklahoma center Creed Humphrey with their second, second-round pick. And that caps an incredible offseason for Brett Veach in the Chiefs where they added Orlando Brown in a trade with the Ravens, Joe Tooney on a free agent deal from the Patriots, and they get Kyle Long, who comes out of retirement, to kind of be a utility guy on that offensive line. Just an incredible job that you would have to assume is going to help keeping Patrick Mahomes upright and safe in the 2021 season and beyond. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints and Lucas Braun from Locked On Vikings. They're your Locked On NFL podcast Tuesday host. Tune in tomorrow. They'll have more from the draft, how it impacted the teams that they cover, plus more news from around the league, and how the draft impacts your fantasy football team. It's all coming up tomorrow on the Locked On NFL podcast. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. I'll talk to you guys next Monday. Have a great rest of your week.